Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. Today, we are very excited because we have a very special guest. I'd like to introduce to you Simone Canego, a mom of six, speaker and author of the book, The Extraordinary, Unordinary You. And so we're going to jump in and get to meet Simone. Simone, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me here today. I'm really excited for this conversation. Me too. So tell our audience a little bit about you. Let's get to know you better. So um, I just celebrated my 49th birthday two days ago. I have been married to my husband for almost 28 years. And yes, I'm a mom of six. We adopted our youngest three children. We have two children, three that look just like me, two children from Ethiopia and a child from South Korea. And about six years ago, uh, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And I've done many things in my life, uh, but getting to this point where I am today kind of took a lot of work. And I think that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. I mean, we could break down all of those things into an episode, right? (laughs) You know, the adoption (laughs) process. Yeah. um, Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. How did that get, you know, how did you get started with that? So we had actually talked about adoption after we had our first child. I had a hard time getting pregnant. And, you know, so of course we started talking about it and sure enough, I found out I was pregnant. So that's how it goes. Right. And after child three, we had lived in Texas. We moved back to Florida and we had our third child. And the discussion was, do we want to do this? Do we want to, do we, do we want to keep building our family? And our answer is always now, like, yes, let's do this and let's do this now. And so we did. And we started, we looked at countries that were available to us and where we, where we wanted to be. There wasn't a lot of choices with already three kids at home. And we adopted our son, Noah, from South Korea when he was four months old. That was chaos. Uh, <laughs> we had, he, he was a crier. He cried all of the time. And 16 out of the 18 hours on our flight home from Seoul to Chicago. So, you know what? We learned so much from our kids and I learned extreme patience and we still felt like we need to fill the minivan. So we decided to adopt again and we adopted our son Ari at four and a half years old from Ethiopia. And actually when we were at the orphanage in Ethiopia, we actually stayed at the guest house that was connected to the orphanage and we brought our two oldest daughters with us. And we knew that we would come back again to adopt again, because there were just so many amazing children there just waiting for a family to love them. And so we were, we were in, and then we said, okay, now the minivan is full. Okay. We're, we're, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that story. I love how your family has such a big heart and helping all these children that need it so much. So, so you have six children And if that wasn't chaos enough, you decided, hey, maybe I should climb a really high mountain. (laughs) Like, where does that come from? 
maybe I needed some time away. I'm not sure. <laughs> now, <laughs> I actually, my, a friend of ours had climbed it the year before and he asked my husband if he was interested in doing it. My husband was not interested in doing it, but he said, call Simone. And they called me and I said, absolutely. Never climbed anything before. I, I joke that I've gone camping a couple of times, but that was completely out of my wheelhouse. But it was a challenge mixed with philanthropy. We were raising awareness and funds for the Livestrong Foundation. And it was a life-changing experience, not just summoning Kilimanjaro, but being with this group. It was called Survivor Summit, um, a mix of people who were cancer survivors. People were climbing in honor of someone that had cancer and it was remarkable. My tent mate is a breast cancer survivor and seeing her determination and her grit really motivated me. I never, I never once thought, oh, I'm not going to make it from the beginning. I trained really hard. I was probably in the best shape I had been in at least 20 years. And I said, this is, this is what I'm doing. And the doubt never crossed my mind that it wasn't going to happen. And we did the, the whole team summoned Kilimanjaro and it was, it was a life-changing experience. Looking back down, realizing that every moment in my life, all the struggles, the shiny moments, all, all of these pieces kind of brought me to that moment in time. And so when people will say to me, like, do you have any regrets about stuff that you've done? No, because every, every moment adds to my journey, no matter how hard the struggle was. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. And so, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today was because not only do you have an amazing story to share of your successes, but um, I, I think, not even I think, I know you have a message that can inspire others when it comes to reaching their own goals. And so how would you go about um, maybe inspiring or recommending, like, how do we start with those goals? Because like you said, you didn't have any interest in climbing and you know, that wasn't on your bucket list per se, uh, as you were going through life, how do you recommend we go about creating a goal and then, you know, working our way through it to actually achieving it? Not, I just know so many people who create the same goal over and over and over again, and then they get stuck. And so they make the same goal over again. How do we actually break through that barrier? I think it's not just creating the goal, but it's creating the work plan behind the goal, what you need to do to truly accomplish it. Trust me, I have created many goals in my life. You know, January 1st comes around and okay, I'm going to be at the gym every day of the week for two hours. And I get through one week and I'm like, okay, that was a lot. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like, but we do this to ourselves because I think, first of all, when we set a goal, it has to be something that we actually want to do. So a lot of times we, we put forth these goals that maybe somebody else wants us to do, or maybe we feel like that's what we're supposed to do. And it's really hard to accomplish something when you don't believe in it and you don't believe in yourself. So first I'm a big believer in, and this, this is how I kind of changed my, my mindset, changed my way of thinking about myself because I struggled a long time to believe in myself, but 
I realized and what I truly believe is that we don't need to change who we are. We need to change the way we see ourselves because we all are unique. We all are unordinary and we all have these extraordinary pieces within us and these extraordinary moments that we experience. We just have to realize that. So there's a lot of things that that I have done to kind of get me to this point. And I'm not saying that I flipped a light switch and everything's, you know, it's it's a work in progress every day. And, you know, there's strategies that I have for myself that I share with my friends and, uh, you know, other people that I that I talk to, because I think that it is important to realize that we all bring value to the people around us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when you talk about the action plan behind it, all right, give us a little bit more information with that. So like, so we have our goal, I'm going to the, go to the gym. All right. Now, you know, tell us more about creating a realistic action plan versus when you said two hours every day and I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. We're set, we're setting ourselves up to fail. And I, you know, I even say with my kids, I never want to set, trust me, failure is important, right? Like that's how we learn. But when we're setting ourselves up to fail, it's just kind of impossible. We, we procrastinate because this isn't what we want to be doing. Um, you know, I, I look at like the gym, for example, be realistic, say, okay, I'm not going at all right now. Let me go twice a week. Let me go twice a week and do something there that I would actually enjoy. So for me, it would be getting on a bike um, versus let me go try to lift as much weight as I can um, and really kind of committing to it. And for me, whatever I do, I put it in my calendar because if I don't put it in my calendar, it's not going to happen. That, that's a big piece for, for me. Um, but the, I also, the, the other thing that I really do, um, like, let's just talk about Kilimanjaro for a second. The, the action plan for that was I, I had to work out a ton to get to that point. And I would wear this elevation training mask. The kids made fun of me, of course, but it was this mask that you could adjust the valves on the side to kind of limit the amount of air that was coming in and it could replicate different elevations, obviously not in terms of the oxygen levels, but in terms of building your lung capacity. And so that was one of the things that I did, but I committed myself to, at that time, it was working out five days a week and, you know, whether it was getting, and it wasn't, I'm not going to go out and run 10 miles. What I needed to do for this was get on a treadmill, put up the elevation and walk really slowly because when you're climbing a mountain, you're not running to the top. It's not a race. It's one foot in front of the other. And our, our team leader always said, you don't want to waste your pennies. So that was kind of how I, cause once you waste your pennies, you can't get them back at elevation. So that's kind of how I did my training for that. But, but what I go ahead and sorry, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. You're good. I was just going to say, so it's, so what I'm hearing you saying is number one, you've got to, you've got to like what you're doing because <laughs> if you don't enjoy the process, you're not going to stick with it. You know, you commit to it by putting it in your calendar, you find a designated time for it, and then it's matching the, the work appropriately to the goal, not creating some, you know, like you said, sprinting would not have helped you in this situation. And I think that's what we try to do. We, we try to sprint our way through life to try to reach the goal faster. And then we miss the whole process, which is actually the part where we learn. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, I think we do that because 
we see someone else doing that. And so then we say, oh, this is what we need to be doing because that's what that person is doing. And we get in that comparison game. And I think that it doesn't work for it doesn't work for me for sure. And I don't really think it works for anyone. So really focusing on what you need specifically to accomplish the goal that you want to accomplish. And my days start out with a moment of positivity. So again, another things that thing that my kids laugh at me for, but I think it, and actually I see them doing it now too. So I, I think it's really important that every day we look at ourselves, I call it mirror moments. We look at ourselves in the mirror and find something that we really like about ourselves at that moment. There's always going to be something. There might be 50 things that you don't like, but there's always going to be something that you do like. So focusing on that positive piece for me starts off my day in such a great way. So, you know, yesterday it was, you know, with two days ago with my birthday, I was, you know, looking in the mirror saying, okay, uh, you look better at 49 than you did at 39, you know, like something that kind of, you know, brings me not, you know, to me, age is, is just a number, but, and things, there's lots of things that I, I say to myself in the mornings that, you know, like, wow, your eyes look great today, or your hair looks great today. And it might sound really small, but small is good. That's how we, that's how we move forward. When we, when we make things unattainable, then it's really hard to even take that first step forward. So that's kind of like my, my morning plan. And I hear my kids saying, Oh, there she goes again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, But you know what you're modeling, you know, something really important because, you know, a lot of parents don't show that to their children. They don't show, you know, it's always the, the nagging or the harping about what's not right instead of what is right you know, what is good. Um, that's actually a practice I have my clients do, you know, I t- ask them, you know, if they're reflecting on their day and what they ate, first thing they have to do is talk about what went right. Mm-hmm. Like it's a discipline. You have to train your brain to go to what is right first, because you're always going to want to start pointing out everything that's wrong. That's human nature. Um, it's, it's so true. Yeah. But then we end up, going down that rabbit hole, like, oh, well, this wasn't good. And this isn't great. And I'm so terrible because this, I'm never going to get to my goal. And then we, we, it's very hard to pull yourself out from that. But if you start with what's good and you focus on the positives, it can completely transform your mind, keep you motivated to keep going and create momentum. So I'm assuming that's kind of where you're, you're going with that. Yeah. And I, I also, one of the things that I really say, again, I I like to learn from any mistakes that I've made, um, but I don't harp on them to the point where I can't move forward. So yeah. Okay. So if I'm watching what I'm eating and then, you know, I decide, Oh, you know, it's, it's my birthday. I'm going to have a piece of cake. You know what? I'm going to have that piece of cake and I'm not going to feel bad about it. And the next day when I look, I'm, Oh, it's in the past. I don't have to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus on, on something like that. And when I look at my, when I look at my kids, my, my second oldest daughter is, um, is home right now. She came home to surprise me for my birthday, which was amazing. And she's been vaccinated. So she's allowed to travel now, which is even more amazing. And she has Crohn's and she struggles with every, every month when her, basically her, the biologic injection that she has starts wearing off, she starts feeling bad. Then she starts feeling bad about herself. And she called me the other day. She's like, I got on the scale for the first time and I've gained 10 pounds. 
And she's like, and I'm, and I'm sobbing because I gained 10 pounds. And I said, can you take a look in the mirror for a second? And she said, yeah. And I said, what do you see? She said, I see me. And I said, well, how do you feel about yourself? She's like, well, I think I look great. And I said, that's all you need. Don't, don't look at this number and, you know, worry about that, that piece. Like you need to look at yourself and say, I feel really good about myself and I love my body. And, you know, she kind of, she went that way. And then, you know, we were, we were all good. And it's really hard for her because with an autoimmune disorder, like it's up, down, up, down, it's a, it's a constant, constant battle, but keeping that positive mindset where that piece doesn't matter. What matters is that you're healthy and that you have to feel comfortable with yourself and not what anybody else thinks, how you feel. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great moment that the two of you had and that you could walk her through that. Talk to me a little bit about labels. What do you think about labels? I think we, we do that to ourselves. I think that we, we see what's happening in society. We look at social media and say, oh, I need to be that, or I don't need to be this. And I think we, I, I labeled myself for years, um, whether it was, I used to use the, I'm just, you know, I'm just for a time, I was a stay at home mom. I'm just a stay at home mom, or I'm just Rob's wife. Um, whatever I, whatever I am, I am, I'm not just because all of these pieces make up who I am. And I think that we, we do label ourselves too much for no reason, trying to justify something, trying to justify staying home with our kids. I'm just as part of justify, justifying things that we're, we're doing or things that we're, we're not doing. And really I'm a big believer in the only label that we should have is that we're human. Um, and everything else is who we are. So, you know, I am a mom, I am a mom of six and I'm really proud of it because, you know, to me, the most important thing is bringing good humans into the world. Um, and then, you know, I am someone that struggles with weight and I'm happy to talk about the struggles that I have because I think it's important to really share all of these pieces. Um, but yeah, I think we, we, we're so hard on ourselves sometimes and a lot of the times, and it's really hard to move forward when we can't see how great we truly are. And we can't even as simple as taking a compliment from someone. That was something that I, I struggled with for years. Someone would say, Oh, Simone, you look great. And I'd be like, Oh, you know, I can barely fit in my pants or Simone, your hair looks great. Oh, it's really frizzy today. Well, the answer should be thank you because someone is going out of their way. They don't have to give you a compliment. Um, you know, they're going out of their way to tell you something that they feel and something that they noticed. And, you know, so I've learned to take a step back and say, thank you. And, I feel better when I say thank you versus trying to justify, you know, a, some kind of negativity that comes along with someone giving us a compliment. Right. And it also takes away a little bit from the person who's trying to offer the compliment. Like it's almost like you're devaluing their opinion. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about because my hair is frizzy. Like, you know, the person trying to give the compliment doesn't feel great either when you, when you talk it down. It's so true. And I, you know, it's, it is one of those weird things that I have done for years and I don't do anymore. Like my, my friends are like, Oh, look at her. She said, thank you. <laughs> um, but it, again, another thing that took me a long time because I didn't 
I didn't see myself in that way. I didn't believe in myself. I, I just, you know, kept being so hard on myself that I didn't see the positive pieces. And now when I start with positivity and I really, everything through my day is about the positive pieces. It helps me so much. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about the believing in yourself, because I think for a lot of people, they make these great goals, you know, that, you know, whether it's goals they think they should be making or goals they actually truly want because they want to see change. How important is believing in yourself in this process? It's huge. It's, it's, it's step one. I I think to move forward with a goal, you have to believe in that goal. You have to believe in yourself to be able to, to move forward. And if we don't believe in our, in ourselves, how do we, how do we think other people are going to react to us? So, you know, when I go forward in a situation now, like I I have the self-confidence for stuff because, you know, I know that I feel good about what I'm doing. So to me, it's the the first step of anything that I do is I have to believe in myself. And it's so, it's so important. And it's so, again, when I, when I am around my children, having them see that, because I think, especially with my girls, you know, having them feel that self-doubt, they will remind me sometimes that mom, you're, you're being too hard on yourself. And which is great because to have them know how I want to move forward with things. And then for ha- to have them say to me, you're not following your own rules. You know, you're, you're hindering your movement forward because you're being too hard on yourself. And it's always really helpful to, obviously I, ha- I have a, a large team at home, <laughs> uh, but to have them see that because that's a reminder to me, wait, if I am not even believing in myself, how are they going to believe in me? How are they going to believe in them there in them and their selves? So modeling that behavior is so important. Do you have like any systems or like checkpoints or things that you do to help um, yourself work through that, that process? Because, you know, we can tell people we need to believe in yourself, but Sometimes that's not just so easy to do. Like you said, it's not a light switch. <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's not a light switch. It's a constant conversation. Again, it's my mirror moments, talking to myself every day, starting with positivity. And then when I am struggling with something, I don't hold it in anymore. That's another thing I used to do. If people would look at me and say, Oh, she has six kids and she, you know, that she does all this stuff, like, like she can do anything. And So if I struggled with something, I didn't want to tell anybody about it because that made me look weak in my mind. And so now what I do is when I'm struggling with something, I call a friend. I call one of my older daughters and say, I'm having a really bad day. Will you listen? They always listen. And, you know, they give me their three words of advice. And, you know, it's off of my chest now. And to me, that's so important because I think that sometimes when we struggle with something, we don't want to share our struggles because, again, it makes us feel that, you know, there's something wrong with us. Well, that that's not the case. It's it's really kind of resetting myself for the day. If I'm having a struggle or having an issue that I have a support system, someone, someone to call and not being afraid of sharing it. And honestly, I'm at the point where I'm not afraid of sharing my struggles with anyone because I feel that if I share my struggle, it's a connection point, right? And it helps other people share what they're struggling with as well. And so 
in, in terms of working on that light switch, it's really being able to understand that we all struggle and struggles truly connect us. And it's a good thing to share what we're struggling with. Yeah, I think so much, especially what I'll say just from my part of it with, um, with my job and working with people when they're considering weight management, um, there's a lot of privacy. There's a lot, cause there's a lot of shame wrapped around it. And, you know, so much of being successful is finding your community, finding some people that can rally behind you, that can cheer you on, that can celebrate the wins, not just, um, commiserate the, you know, the, the mess ups. Um, but you know, for so many people, they do this in secrecy, they do it in isolation and, you know, cause it's, it's a lot easier to disappoint yourself than it is to disappoint others. And so, yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you that I had a period of time where I was really struggling with weight and I didn't want to buy new clothes. So I just decided I wasn't going to go out. And that was, that was, that was my way of, of kind of dealing with, instead of saying to someone, you know, I don't feel really good. What, what would my friends have said if I would have called them and said, I don't really want to go tonight because I don't feel comfortable in my clothes. They would say, well, you know what, let's, this is what they would have said. You know what, wear a pair of leggings and let's just have dinner at the house. That's what they would have said. They, nobody would have said, oh, well, don't come. You should stay at home and feel bad about yourself. So, but that's what I had in my head. So for, there was many times where I just, and I would say to my husband, I don't want to go. I don't feel comfortable in my skin. I don't want to go. And I'm not, I'm, I'm way past that point now. Like I will figure out what works for me, understanding that I'm the one judging myself. You know, my friends are, my friends are there to support me. They're not judging me. Um, and we get that in our heads so many times where we really can't move forward because we're so we're so disappointed in ourselves. We feel, you know, we we shame ourselves for for things that have happened. And to me, it's really important that, especially with my kids, that they don't they don't see that for me anymore. That they see that I've changed my outlook on that because I know my my daughter said to me, "How am I going to feel good about this?" Was about five years ago, she said, how am I going to feel good about my body when all I see is you not feeling good about yours? And that was a wake up call to me. That was like, Ooh, you're so right. And, and why do I feel bad about my body? Like I am me like, hello, you know? Um, and trust me, there's, there's times where I'm like all into getting in shape and it's, for me, it's all about being healthy. It's not about, do I fit in the size two jeans that I did when I was in high school? (laughs) Um, it's, it's really about being healthy and, and gosh, being a good role model. Yeah. Yeah. It it goes back to what are we showing our children, you know? And and again, these are conversations, like even if you don't have a conversation out loud with your child about weight or, you know, how to talk themselves through some of those self-deprecating thoughts, they're still watching you, right? They watch you get on the scale. They watch your shoulder slump. They watch your facial expressions. Um, they see that. And then they, in turn, like, well, then that must be how I behave when I get on the scale, if I don't see something I like. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be an out loud conversation. They see how you act and they create their own thoughts about, 
well, then this is must be just the way it is because, you know, they look to you as that role model. So it's so important not only to, you know, model good behavior, but it's also so important to help our kids work through Mm-hmm. those conversations. So when you have this thought, this is how you replace it instead of that child. Or, you know, I just think of my own, like growing up, you know, as a, you know, a young girl, teenager, like I'd have all sorts of thoughts about my body. I'd be seeing, you know, people around me, my peers, my friends, if my body looked different, I didn't know how to process that because nobody taught me how to process that. So I think it's so important, like you said, these mirror moments or, you know, having these out loud conversations and walking them through the process of how they go from not feeling great about themselves to leaving the conversation feeling empowered and motivated. That's huge. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I know how I grew up that, that you just didn't talk about stuff, right? Like it wasn't part of the the conversation. And I think it's so important for it to be part of the conversation because if our if our kids don't think our kids, our friends, anybody, if they don't feel like they can share the way they they feel, then how can we help someone else? Right. So to me it's really it's really important. And maybe I share too much these days, uh, <laughs> but it seems to work in our house. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so I want to go back and just kind of review. So if you had to give us like, what are some like three tips that we can use moving forward in our own journey, whether it be through goal setting or, or motivation, give us a couple things that we can actionable items we can work on so we can see change in our own lives. I would say step one is, uh, really, if you're going to set a goal, and goals are great, but you got to realize you got to put in the work behind it and set a goal that's reasonable. Um, you know, people will say, oh, Kilimanjaro. Yeah, that was kind of not reasonable, but you know what? I accomplished it. So because I worked really hard to get there. So set a goal that you really want to achieve. And to me, that's the most important part is that you want to achieve this goal. It's not what someone else wants for you. Um Second one would be start your day with positivity every day, every day, look in the mirror and find one thing that you like about yourself. One thing that you, you like about what's going to be happening that day. I mean, there's, there's always one thing that you can find to start your day on a positive note. And the, I would say the third thing is that really stop words matter. So really think about how you're talking about yourself. So when you're, it, it goes back to believing in yourself when you're talking about yourself, you're not just anything you are. And so I'm not just this, I'm not just that I am, or today I am going to do this. Um, so really, really thinking about the words that you use to talk about yourself. Awesome. So uh, a couple things before we wrap this up. I just want to know a little bit about your book. You said it, um, we spoke a little bit before we hit record. So this book just recently came out in October, right? Yes, it did. So tell us uh, that title is very interesting. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So it's The Extraordinary Unordinary You. And it's really about realizing what you're capable of 
and recognizing that the things you do every day have the power to inspire the people around you and that you matter. Uh, every decision you make, you have choices every day. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be miserable. I realized it's really important to choose to be happy. And so that pattern kind of follows everything I do now. And really the underlying theme is that we, you know, we don't need to change who we are. Uh, we need to change the way we see ourselves because that was kind of my evolution, you know, for a long time, people would say to me, Oh, six kids, she's so inspiring. And I would say, who me? And not realizing that the choices that I made really did impact the people around me. So I talk about our adoption journeys. I talk about, uh, you know, my daughter's Crohn's diagnosis. I talk about my, my parents and, um, really we, you know, we have a multicultural family. So kind of the way we see the world and things that we've had happen and things that, you know, the, why it's so important to us to just accept people exactly how they are for who they are. Um, again, if we talk about labels, the label to me is human. That's the, um, and there's a, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that label human of, of kindness and generosity and compassion and empathy and, you know, lot, lots of our lots of our funny stories. Uh, we have some ridiculous stories. Again, with six kids and uh, a husband, um, I have great material because something happens every day. It's it's like a reality show around here. So, and I talk about it all because I think again, it's important to share the ridiculous moments as well as the the shiny moments. So, yeah, I mean that's it's literally my own personal book, um, Nourish Eat Repeat. It's stories of our crazy life because whenever you have multiple children that's just how it is and can i personally connected mine to nutrition lessons um but it's yeah it's it can be a chaos it can be a circus there can be the great moments i always make sure that you know i was always one of those moms like why can't i just have the nice easter picture or the nice christmas picture of my kids looking and you know i started I would, I would just get so angry and so upset. Like, why can't I have that perfect family picture? And it's one of my favorite things is to look back now at all the photos that didn't make the Christmas card, you know, cause that's our family, you know, one kid walking off, one kid crying, one kid with a shirt over his head. Like that's us. And I'm proud of that. And I wish I would have had that mindset in yes. those moments when I was so aggravated and, and on the brink of tears myself, because, you know, I don't need to apologize <laughs> or feel ashamed because I don't have that perfect picture. I have, you know, we have some great memories. So I love that you have that too. Yeah. It, it's the picture thing is always funny to me because, and I think we have that mindset because that's what we see out there in the world, right? We see that the pictures on social media that every, it's that moment in time that, and the family looks perfect. And, you know, I, with six kids, I, we would have to Photoshop every photo, right? Like we have some of the most ridiculous photos. Three years ago, um, the kids like started to do theme photos for the holidays. So um, the first year we did a theme photo, they're all wearing uh, onesies and it was hilarious. So all six kids were in there. The three dogs at the time were in there <laughs> and, um, you know, some were smiling, some weren't. It was, you know, it was classic. But three years ago, we, um, the kids wanted to do a theme photo of like clothing from the 80s. Oh, 
it did not work. The uh, two youngest refused. I mean, they looked angry. <laughs> they were so they hated what you know. They went to a thrift shop and got stuff, and and the two youngest like refused to smile. And I'm like, well, this is the photo. You know, it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> this is what are. it is. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. Take us, take us this way. You know. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, Simone, I, I've gotten so much value out of this conversation. Uh, we always end our, our time together with sharing a recipe. So, you know, is there a family favorite healthy recipe that, that is maybe your go-to or something you enjoy that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, my daughter's, my daughter's favorite, favorite food, and she would eat it probably three times a day if, if we would make that much, um, acai bowls. So the first time we had it, we were on a family trip and she fell in love with it then. And so she's like, I don't know if you'll be able to make it like they made it. I tried my best and you know what? She eats it all the time now. So basically we take a, uh, in the freezer section, there's frozen acai packets. We use the sugar-free ones or the no added sugar ones. And it says it makes two, each two packets make two servings, but I split it into four because it's pretty substantial because by the time we take that, we mix it with um, a half a cup of orange juice, one banana in the, in the blender. And then I pour it into the four different bowls and then three of them I freeze so that I have them at the ready. And then we put either chopped bananas or chopped berries and then gluten-free granola on top. And that is like heaven for that girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're delicious. Um, we actually started eating them a little bit more frequently. Um, I don't know. This is a terrible thing to admit, but anytime the kids ask to drink a smoothie, I'm like, Oh, gonna go wash out that blender. <laughs> like it's just work. I yes. like, I literally am trying to dissuade my children from eating healthy because it's going to be work, <laughs> which is terrible. Who does that? Oh, um, I do that too. Cause usually I get the question at nine o'clock at night. Can you make me a smoothie? I'm like, no, it's bedtime. Oh, really? You won't make me a smoothie. It's healthy. I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. Great job with the guilt kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, but then um, the, my one daughter was like, but can, how about we pour them in a bowl and we add fruit? And I'm like, now you're talking like, this is a great idea. So smoothies don't have to be out of a cup. They can be in a bowl. You can add some great healthy add-ins um, as long as you're careful with what you're adding into it. I know sometimes they can get calorically high if you're not careful with volume. Like you said, splitting it four ways is usually more than enough. Yep. Um, you go to some of these places that sell them and they're huge portions. So yeah. I and love they usually put like a, a cup of granola on it, which is like, okay, no, like an eighth of a cup enough for the crunch and the flavor is what, you know, what she likes and, you know, not, not the mounds of, you know, 700 calories for one serving. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I love that you guys make them. I love that your kids enjoy them. And um, thank you. Thank you so much for that recipe. And thank you so much for all of the wisdom you shared today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here today. I really enjoyed it. Of course. All right, guys. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. 
The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.